0: Hey everyone, it's Blake. We are getting very close here to the 100th episode of the show. And for the 100th episode, I am going to finally do an episode that you guys have been asking for for quite a while, which is an episode about me and what it's like to have a podcast, how I started my podcast, any sorts of questions like that. So I'm gonna have my wife interview me for that episode, but I wanted to get all of the questions from you. So if you have a question that you would like to ask me about myself or about the show or whatever it is, having a podcast, to start a podcast feel free to email me at Blake at or you can just click on the email icon at the bottom right of the halfhourintern.com homepage thanks so much on to the show
1: what makes art is when it's a something if I can even just call it an object but it it makes you feel And think a little bit deeper through humanity. So there are all different kinds of art forms. You know, there's visual art, there's music, there's dance, there's literary art. And um, when you're moved by it, when it charges you, when you feel something, for me, that's art.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. In today's episode, I interview Ann Hazels, who owns Radius Art Gallery in Santa Cruz, California. So we will talk about what it's like to own an art gallery, all the different things that go into planning a show, um, how you try to make an art gallery inviting for just everyday people like you and me that maybe don't feel um, comfortable in kind of like a high society art sort of thing. And if you're listening to all this saying, yeah, that all sounds good, Blake, but I don't even know what art is. We'll talk about that too and explain exactly what art is. So without further ado, here is Art Gallery Owner. Anne, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Blake.
0: Yeah, of course. So, first, I think I'd like to talk about just the world of art in general. Like, how healthy is the art world right now? Is it like getting bigger or smaller? Are people more or less into it? Like, how's art doing?
1: Art's doing great. Art is, I think, always going to do great, which is why it's been this field that I've I've always stayed in. You know, I think um, you can look at it through very different lenses. You can look at art through an economic lens or you can look at it through a cultural lens, um, kind of a community lens, and even just the making side, um, the kind of creative lens as well. From the economic side, um, I think art is definitely doing better. It's it's growing. We're, we've seen a shift in the collectors are now coming back to galleries, and um, artists are having much more success in their shows, you know, when they are exhibiting, whether it's a street fair or an exhibition in a prominent gallery or even just a pop-up. Um, there's such a wide range of of how artists can get their work out there and the audience is hungry for it, which is, I think, a really terrific thing.
0: So then I guess let's touch on the the second part of that, which is how it seems like uh, the whole world has has kind of moved in a little bit more of a casual direction. Um, have you noticed that sort of thing as a gallery owner in terms of the, the art that people want to see or the art that people are making?
1: I think one of the the uh, such a challenge with um with art is the the approachability and the accessibility you know it's it, especially having an art gallery often the word comes the a couple of words come up as elite or exclusive or something in that nature where it's like are are you am am I a venue that's so narrow that I'm only reaching a certain number of people and that's my worst nightmare you know i i i want to say my doors are open to everybody and i want everybody to be able to come in and appreciate this in the same way that you know you go to the city and you can sit down at that restaurant and be able to talk to the chef you know it's it's such a it's such a great feeling when you do get to have that really rich conversation about what you just ate
0: yeah totally yeah i imagine as an artist or as a chef like either of those things if you're the maker in the person making it in that instance um it's it's not good for you and it's not good for anything really if you only have like the the upper crust one percent of people coming and viewing your work or coming and eating your food you know um that's not really a good feedback loop for you in terms of like who's who's going to give you feedback on your product and uh and yeah it's just not very enriching hmm I uh, so before the interview I was talking with uh, with my wife and asking her if there were any questions that she wanted me to ask you Because my wife is really really into art and and sort of an artist herself and it, I, I asked her about questions for an art gallery owner and she's like man like the even the, just like the word art gallery sounds like so fancy and unattainable <laughs> to people like me like I don't I don't feel like I could buy anything there at all <laughs> right. and like it just sounds like weird and it's and this is coming from someone who, who herself like makes and really appreciates art. So I imagine that that has to be like something on top of mind for you to like try to make these things more approachable for people.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think it is I'm still trying to um unveil <laughs> that that fear of um Or I don't know if it's a fear or a disinterest or maybe it just it's not happening for whatever reason of why people do not go to art galleries. You know, how can how can I as a gallerist increase or perhaps create change in that perspective and just making it feel warmer and more inviting and that, you know, I'm not standing in, you know, a super tight, stiff, black blazer, you know, that's going
0: to like <laughs> yeah. pin
1: you up against a wall and make you buy something, you know, it's um, for me in having an art gallery, sales are great and I want to, I want to represent artists, but I feel like my, my, most important job in having an art gallery is to really be the mouthpiece to the artist, to the viewer. If that makes sense. Like, I really feel like I'm the bridge or I'm the connector where I'm, I get to do this really. I have the great joy of delivering the message of what the artist was making to whomever is coming to view that work. Yeah, And I feel like that's my, my most important job is to really make that c- connection with the viewer, buyer, collector, patron of the arts, or just somebody walking, walking by who, you know, who's chasing their kid, you know, (laughs) who just happened to, you (laughs) know, run through. And I'm like, oh, sweet. You brought a child in. Great. Grab, grab their hands and take a moment to look at the art. Yeah, Yeah,
0: definitely. So let's talk about that a little bit. So how do you decide what you're going to show at your gallery?
1: There's a lot of, how long's your show uh,
0: yeah <laughs> i imagine this yeah, is tough
1: i start with maybe there's a topic that i'm interested in you know if it's um something that's kind of landscape based or culturally influenced um and then time of year or the shows that i cura- curate they may be i i may just be absolutely um overwhelmed and intrigued by what a certain artist is making. So I try and format every exhibition calendar to keep it exciting and fresh. Um, but I, I try and do a, an exhibit that's about installation work and then one that's maybe a group show that's themed and then do an exhibition that that is a solo it's, it, it's purely a solo. Exhibit. So it's just one artist who can really transform a
0: space. Explain installation work uh, for those of us that don't really know what that is.
1: Installation art can be used in any media, really, and it can incorporate all different types of materials, but it's taking the space into consideration. Your entire room or the space where that installation is actually created becomes the art piece in itself so architecture becomes uh, a component uh natural light or artificial light you know however the room is lit or maybe it's outside you know the natural surroundings can start to become a, a material that's that's used so it with installation art it ends up being um those are often the pieces that aren't they they may not have a price tag on them (laughs) but it's it for me i'm i'm so intrigued by installation art because it's about the experience um and where you can really walk in and you can feel overwhelmed by that
0: yeah that's cool that's really cool so what makes something art exactly like in in your mind what what makes something art at all to begin with
1: That's a Tough question, and it's been asked for hundreds and hundreds of years. I think that um, we're all still trying to answer that, and the answer is ever-involving. But for me, what makes art is when it's a something, if I can even just call it an object, but it, it makes you feel and think a little bit deeper through humanity. So there are all different kinds of art forms. You know, there's visual art, there's music, there's dance, there's literary art. And um, when you're moved by it, when it charges you, when you feel something, for me, that's art. And it doesn't always happen beautifully. You know, art can be something that you know moves you to tears, or it really upsets you, makes you totally furious, but you learn something. You know.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that really does it almost incorporate everything. Then, because of because it, of its subjectivity.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty emotional response that people have from from art. I, I personally, that's something that's part of it. The other side of art making and this is just because of my own personal background and and what I studied, it it goes into kind of the the craft and the making side of it. I really don't ever get too far from from that kind of artistic excellence, if it can be termed and deemed in that quality, but where it's it's the quality of the work. Like when you go to something, it's just like, wow, that was just off the charts. Amazing. Like how did that circus performer stand on their hands for 25 minutes? You know? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely. mean, but it, it where where there is just it, it's really it's really mind blowing with the skill that comes into the making of that art.
0: Yeah. So, do you ever show uh, like the the type of art that we were talking about earlier, which is like the really like super abstract art? Let's say just like splatter on a big white canvas or something. Mm-hmm. The the kind of everyone, including myself, looks at and is like, "Well, obviously, I could do that, like without question." And and yet, yeah, this painting here is like five thousand dollars. Do it, <laughs> like the thing that's difficult for an average person like me. Uh, to to look at that and 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 understand is to your point about uh, like a circus performer like standing on their hands for like twenty minutes straight or something. It's like if the circus performer stands on their hands for twenty minutes straight, that's where you're like, whoa, that was crazy. If the circus performer stands on their hand for three seconds and then comes down, I don't think that many people will be clapping. Like most people will be like, okay, like I saw my daughter do that yesterday, uh, and I, I just paid to get in here. So I don't know why you just did that. And it, it like the, in order to be the best at other things and, and, and therefore in order to really get paid in other fields, you have to kind of like keep on graduating and keep on getting better and better and better. And it's like visibly better to everyone. You know, it's like, how many seconds are you doing the handstand for now? Oh, wow. You're doing it for 25 minutes. That's amazing. So if somebody's doing something that other people are like, wait a second. I can totally do that. It, uh, it's it's hard for a regular person to to call that art do you do you still value that the same way that you value a higher degree of difficulty painting
1: oh no if it's bogus it's bogus (laughs) there's just no like for me for me personally, if it's if it's one of those in the same way, there's absolutely nothing that puts me above anybody else's experience in art because I own an art gallery. It doesn't it doesn't mean that my experience is more important than yours or anybody else's coming in to see the work. I may have researched it a little bit more, so um, so I may know something that you don't know. But really, if it's if it's something that is just bogus and maybe not the right fit of work, or I'm just not interested in it, then I'm not interested in it. Um, do I show, pull in that type of work uh, into the gallery? Yeah, because sometimes what happens is I bring in a guest curator and the guest curator may find that piece incredibly profound you know and um everybody's experience is always different with art but i i don't spend too much time on trying to make something in in my personal opinion that's not art try and make it art it's something to to
0: that exact point and you're the part about like somebody else seeing it as profound i've always wondered with like the splatter paint and people seeing that as you know feeling profound around that if that's like a feeling profound because i want to seem artsy and i want to feel profound right now and i want to think of this as profound because then what does that say about me and my ability to discern things you know
1: yeah in intellectualizing everything yeah 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 (laughs) right right i don't know i i um I don't find too much joy in trying to convince myself of something that I'm, I wasn't convinced at first. I really, I I enjoy, (laughs) I enjoy learning and I enjoy getting more information, but if I'm not into it, I'm not into it, you know, and, and I don't want to push that, push that on somebody. It's not in my, my personality, um, to be that way. And so if I, I think if I would try and do that, they'd be like, okay, not only is, is the art posing, but you're a poser also.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So it's interesting that you brought up guest curators. So sometimes you're not the one curating for your own gallery. You sometimes have other people do it. Is that because of a, like a reputation that they have or something?
1: Yes, a bit because of the reputation, and also, you know, I I really try and think a lot about the audience and who's the viewer coming through there. If it was, you know, three hundred sixty five days a year shows that I put on, it'd get pretty, pretty boring. Or I, to be honest, I'd run out of topics. But um, so I think that bringing in other people, other curators into the gallery is just as important as bringing new artists in. it's fresh it's a fresh voice and it's a different voice and it's often something that i couldn't have even dreamed up let alone actually executed it
0: yeah so it's
1: it's a pretty it's a pretty exciting part of the business
0: yeah that is cool so a little bit later we'll talk about the financial side of owning an art gallery and trying to bring in money and stuff like that but before we get there when you talk about like a guest curator or trying to bring in um new artists and stuff to to share how do you kind of balance like bringing in a a, like a completely new like a newer artist that people don't really know about that's not going to be a name that's going to pull people in but that you think their work is amazing and you really want to pump them up and you really want to showcase them versus also bringing in some like bigger name people that maybe you don't like their work quite as much but you know that it's going to cause people to come through the door and and you know help out the financial situation.
1: Mhm. Mhm. That's a that's a good question and it it's um the part where you really think more about the business than you think about the art. And um and and, it, and it's really hard to sit there. You know, I I love to think about the art. I like to think about the business, but I love to think about the art. Um, you know, an exciting part of bringing a new artist in is that it's it's really fresh talent. You know, the, a couple years ago, I brought in an artist and you know everybody was, was like who is she where'd she come from and it was kind of this like oh wow you could just really see it see it happen see it unfold and and um it's you almost know, she- like you're
0: a record label like signing a new artist or something you know
1: yeah, it goes back a little earlier to what we were talking about when um, in 2008, you know, and I, I talked about interior designers, but there, you know, there were also art dealers until there are still art dealers who have continued to have a career. But when the economy changed, a lot of art dealers went out of business because, well, you're if people aren't buying art, you've got nothing to deal. So <laughs> it's no deal. Um, so what I really am striving to do with my gallery is get back into that art dealer, um, business side of the gallery, you know, and it's not spatially, it's not, um, a a quick fix or something that can happen overnight because I don't have a lot of storage. I can't hold a lot of inventory and I want people to come in and experience an exhibition every time they come in there. Um, but the, the art dealer is definitely on the rise for sure.
0: Mm, interesting In, in that regard how does an artist price their work and do you ever like with the younger artists, like that try to kind of coach them or like move them in a direction in terms of pricing their work
1: i try and assist as much as i can and most of it is with artists really underpricing their work you know there may be an artist who um is using you know materials that i know they like the framing if if we can look at just kind of wall work alone um they're it, like you look at their framing and they're matted beautifully they probably already spent five hundred dollars just to get the artwork framed that doesn't even take care of the art piece that that is in the actual frame and so you know and they're like oh i'm going to sell it for 250 or 300 and i'm like the print or you know the photo whatever the piece is and they're like no framed piece and i'm like wait a second how much did you pay for your framing and so there's a there's a lot of that that happens yeah um with that and that's that's where i really do try and assist with artists and the ongoing price point with um with the market is that you you try and stay you know within the realm of what's going what's going on but you every it's all over the map with what's being where they're being priced and um who's buying it at that price it's a it's a tricky one for sure
0: let's talk about working with artists so there is a lot of like uh for better or for worse or i guess just for worse because it's it's Kind of rude and stereotypical, but there's like you know some negative stereotypes about artists, you know, in terms of their ability to work um, in a business like setting. So, like, what is it like being around artists all the time? What is it like having to work with artists and kind of help them in a business like setting?
1: Yeah, it's it's a pretty personal experience for sure. You know, when uh, the pieces that that artists make, I mean, they're incredibly. They're, they're straight from, from them, whether it's out of their, their mind, their heart, it's definitely from their hands. And so they're already so attached to it. So often when artists bring their work and this just isn't unique to my gallery, but you know, I've witnessed it, you know, all over the world where an artist is handing over work. They're like, Oh, here are my babies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm handing over my, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh born, you know, and, and they do they an artist really feels like they're handing over something something of themselves which to me it's that's part of the sweetness of it you know Definitely. and and from from a buyer's position i think it's just that much sweeter that they get to have a little piece of them you know in their home or in their office or somewhere else and um so because it is such a a personal experience when artists are are bringing their work in and when i'm installing it there's a lot of talking that goes into play and a lot of artists have an idea of where they want to put their work or how it should be displayed or what it should be priced at or even um how it's lit you know and does that make it
0: easier or more difficult on you
1: it's it's a combination, and it's definitely a case by case situation. You know, some artists when they've got it all figured out, I'm like, sweet, you just saved me like six days worth of work.
0: Thank yeah, you. totally. <laughs>
1: Um, but the, the other side of that is when, you know, an artist may say, no, I I don't, I don't want the piece lit at all. And I want it, you know, way in the back or I, you know, I want it on the floor or up on the ceiling. And I'm like, well, nobody can see it if it's way up in the beams, <laughs> yes. you know, and they're like, no, but that's but where that's it's the, meant to be. That's where it's meant to be. And though that's when it's really, really challenging for me because it it goes back to why i have an art gallery it's the accessibility and if your art is up on a ceiling like way in the rafters how can i get people to look up there you yeah. know how can i how can i draw their eyes up there um sometimes i can literally talk the artists out of the beams i don't i don't always win though and um so it's a it's a very it's very much a case by case situation with every artist and with every exhibition um and I don't, I don't mean it to sound like artists, you know, I'm, I'm holding their hands the entire, the entire way. I'm, I'm not because artists are an incredibly intellectual and well sought out and educated people. Um, but it's hard, you know, to go back to, you know, they're bringing their babies here. You know, <laughs> Am I gonna, am I gonna water and feed their baby, you, yeah, know? <laughs> totally. you know, as, as they would and, and, I say yes I will I'll, I'll treat I'll treat it as you know as it should it's an incredible piece so I'll take good care of it
0: yeah that's really interesting so in for for people like us like coming to your gallery buyers going to galleries is there any negotiation involved for like a higher price piece of art or is that would that be very uncouth and uh, and uncool of us to do
1: No, you, hey, hey, you got to try. You got to try. I get a lot of, you know, hey, if I buy two or if I buy one, can I get a second one half off or something like that? That happens definitely for smaller, for smaller pieces. And for me, I can't. I can give some discounts. You know, like I, I'm in the currently in the last week of my exhibition, so I offer you know a, a percentage off for any sales that will happen in this last week. Because I'd much rather be able to make a sale, and for the gallery to take um, to take a hit or to take you know that discount off, but the artist will not be discounted in any way. So my commission maybe may, may be discounted, but I do not take any more off of the artist because I want to be able to pay them appropriately and um, pay them for the value of their work, you know, which is, uh, which is so important because it's a hard, it's a hard way to make a living for sure.
0: Yeah, no kidding. That's really nice of you to do that. That's so awesome. So when someone sells work there, you get a commission. I guess that was another question I was going to have for later is, is it like rent or commission or how does it work? So is it always commission based?
1: For my gallery, yes. Not uh, not all galleries are set up that way. Um, some galleries will charge artists, you know, an exhibiting fee. Um, so if you're if you're doing a show, you can essentially rent the space. Um, but for for Radius, you know, I think that. Um, well, let me rewind a little bit. My kind of philosophical view on charging artists to rent a space to exhibit their work. There's something ha- that happens with them and with their their creative process. If they're thinking like, "Oh, oh God, I just you know I have to like earmark two grand because I'm paying rent on a space," you know. Well, what if they use that two grand in their studio, or what if they used it on materials, or you know, whatever. If if they just don't have to think about the overhead. Um, that's my job. That's my, my worry. You know, yeah. I get to take, I get to take on that burden. And, um, and so I don't structure my exhibitions that way. If an artist is wanting to come in and do a project, then they can actually rent out the space. But for the actual exhibition for an actual show, it's not a rent by rent situation. So I take a commission off of any of the sales. So that's if nothing sells, great. then, then, nothing. then, you know, they're not going to make any money. I didn't but make any money, and they didn't make any money. But they, but they had an incredible audience that got to come in and see and see their work. You know, they totally. maybe got three to four hundred people.
0: You and know? to your and, point, it's like ideally, then. They're not thinking about the business part of it until after they've already made all the work and they're like dropping the pieces off at your place now. That was kind of like out of sight, out of mind when they were making the art versus I guess if you were going to have to be paying some more rent, you, you know, you knew that when you finish these pieces, you were going to have to be paying some more rent. Then maybe it, it almost impacts the way that you're making the art to begin with.
1: Right, right. And you, you know, artists are, most artists are working many jobs and there are many jobs. Um, some of them may be, uh, temporary. So, you know, if an artist is really cranking work out for a show, you know, they may, they may have taken, if they are at a job where they get their two weeks paid vacation, <laughs> um, that, you know, they maybe took those two weeks two weeks of vacation to actually just crank in the studio and go, go, go. So what's going to happen when they actually set up their show is that they're back trying to make, make money to make their ends meet, to pay their studio rent and to, and to just be able to live in beautiful California, you know? So it's, um, there's definitely a cycle that happens for sure.
0: What are typical commissions in the industry for, um, for art galleries?
1: 60 40 and 60 to the artist and then 40 to the venue 50 50 is probably the most common um and then there's 30 70 um or 40 45 55 i think 60 40 and 50 50 are probably the most common
0: okay cool um let's see here all right. So, uh, and let's move into a little bit of the, the business side of the gallery now, since you've kind of been tiptoeing on that in general. So before the interview, you and I were talking a bit about like keeping the doors open in an art gallery and you mentioned something interesting to me that I didn't think of, which is, um, renting out the space, like renting out your art gallery in the evenings to, um, say like a concert or, or other sorts of things. So talk about that a little bit and talk about different business things that you need to consider as a gallery owner.
1: Sure. Um in order for me to keep the the lights on and <laughs> the walls the walls painted and and art on the walls and sculpture exhibited in the space, I let other creative groups come in and use the space. Um, and it can be for creative projects, it can be for workshops, um, it can be for a birthday party It can be a kegger or I just won't have an exhibit up during that kegger. But I let the, I let the space, I let the space get used, um, kind of outside of regular exhibition times. I'm open Wednesday through Sunday from noon to five. And so like Friday nights, Saturday nights, those are great evenings for concerts. And the space that I'm in, it's 1900 square feet. And I learned, you know, my background is not even close to anything doing, dealing with sound or music. I'm a visual artist, but I learned that the sound in the space is actually great. And so it's been a terrific venue for singer songwriters. And, um, and, and so they'll come have a concert or maybe do an album release party in the space. And, um, in the meantime, their guests get to look at art and have a glass of wine and, you know, enjoy the music, enjoy the show.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. What about some of the other aspects of like the day-to-day running of the gallery? What are some of the other things that you have to take care of that people wouldn't really think about?
1: The definitely the, the marketing side being behind a computer is, um, you know, I feel like 80% of my time and the other 20% is, is talking with people. I would love for it to be the other way around where I'm behind a computer for 20% of the time. And then I'm, I'm really just talking to, um, people 80% of the time, but, um, but there's so much that goes into, um, when you are putting an exhibition together, there's a lot of research that goes in into that um if it's topic based you know you're trying to find all of the um the right artists to uh, what's the right fit and then when you do find your kind of dream team of ex- exhibitors is the artwork available or if they're making new artwork, can they make it in time um, for that? So that's definitely a a day-to-day concern that I have in planning the exhibitions. But once the show is up, um, you're kind of doing, you're planning the next show (laughs) and then you're, excuse me, and then you're trying to get rentals. And then you're also really trying to market and just like create this buzz that and get on everybody's map because you've got the best show in town and you need to come see it. You know, it's, it's really, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really kind of creating that hype of, um, and I don't just say that, you know, it, to, to create this false hope and hype about a show, but it really, the, the exhibits, when an art show is put up in the right way, it's just like, you want people to walk in there like, Oh my God, I'm so happy I came here today and I'm going to tell my friends about it. So they'll come see it before it comes down. And when,
0: when a, when a show is currently going on, is it typically open like every single day, every single evening? Well, like how does that usually work?
1: Yeah, I, I have regular gallery hours. So regular viewing hours, uh, Wednesday through Sunday from noon to five. And then, um, where Radius Gallery is located at the Tannery Art Center, we do what's called a Thursday art market. And so we have late nights then and, and we're open until seven o'clock. And so there's a guest chef that comes and then they have, you know, especially cocktail that's made there at the cafe that's at the tannery. And so my hours, I definitely get more traffic in the evenings during those Thursdays. Hmm. The other great thing about being at the tannery is that there's a, a performing arts center there. And so on a show night, I will get traffic of theater goers. If it's a, you know, a seven, seven thirty or eight o'clock show, I will get that wave of people on their way to the theater. They're definitely, there's an overlap in, in clientele or in, in audience there. And so they'll pop through the gallery and come see the work. The other thing. Thing that i try and do is schedule events in the evening because a lot of people cannot make the noon to five and yeah. so I'll, I'll do some sort of event maybe bring maybe i'll bring a musician in um and then folks can come experience work that way so then it feels like a reception
0: yeah yeah, definitely. So
1: it's all about the events. You know, you got to get your traffic in. and And it's great to experience. When you have the whole gallery to yourself, you actually get to see the work. But it's so fun when the room is packed with other people and you get to catch up with people and have a glass of wine and meet the artists. And then you know it's a different kind of experience so my hope is that people get to do both you know they get to have their their night out and and drink a glass of wine in the gallery on opening night or any other receptions that I have but then they'll come back and and view the work uh when they kind of have the gallery to themselves
0: that is a uh, that's a great tip for anyone listening um and how has technology uh, you already mentioned just like how much of the time you have to do marketing and be on your computer and stuff like that how else has technology impacted what you do it like for good and for bad like uh, i'm just thinking like how much things have probably changed in the last let's say 25 years like so pre commonplace internet for an art gallery owner in terms of being able to find new talent like find artists that you want to uh to have in your gallery but then I'm also now thinking about the rise of things like etsy and in websites where people are selling art very inexpensively and how that might impact um clientele coming to your gallery
1: mhm mhm yeah that's a that's a great question and I think actually um, you know tech- technology has definitely affected um the art industry and art galleries alone and I think for me where I feel it the most that I, that I keep, you know, trying to like just get in there somehow and I just haven't been successful. And so every day it's, it's a challenge and I just um, am trying to break, to break this, but it's, it's with the getting an art review. And, um, and, you know, in Santa Cruz, we don't have, um, there's currently there there's articles that will promote ex- exhibits or shows that are going on, but there's no one coming in who's who's really doing critical writing. And in a larger city, San Francisco, New York, uh, L.A., you know, there are really amazing critical writers, you know, who will come do a review uh, on an exhibition, even over the hill in San Jose, there's, there's some art criticism that's happening there. And for me in having an art gallery in Santa Cruz, that's been the challenge with technologies because they're, they're not in print anymore. Everything's online and the writers that are, that are doing things online, they're not able to come into Santa Cruz to, to review the show. If that makes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that is, that is the, the really difficult part of when an exhibition goes up and, and it's not getting reviewed, you know, I'm not in a large city. Um, I'm in a really beautiful, um, tourist driven town that I find incredibly charming. And it has this wealth of, uh, makers here and, on top of all that, I'm showing artists from outside of the area as well. So it's it's definitely something that needs to be put on. I need my... It needs to be widened in some aspect. And for that, technology serves me well where I can just send out gobs of images and, you know, write-ups and, you know, the curator statement and bios on artists. And, Hey, did you know this artist is in the New York Times? And, you know, I can, I can do all that. And, and that's just being a great strategist about that. But to actually get somebody to take a bite of, that, at that and to, to really stick on. Stick to it, and to for it to turn into something, is a real challenge.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet. I can only imagine. <laughs> uh,
1: it that's the not so fun part of having an art gallery. Yeah, yeah. It seems <laughs> where, like there's so many. You know, you put all these these shows on, and and there's you know they don't get they don't get reviewed. You know, that's the hard thing, and because that's also what another artist, you know, for them you know, it's, it's a great thing for an artist to be able to show at radius gallery and to be able to exhibit in 1900 square feet of space. It's a really cool looking space. I want to be able to say that you're showing it a really cool space. I'm going to try and sell your work. And I'd also like you to get a review.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think is the single best part of your job? Like what's the best thing that you get to do?
1: I think the the single best thing you know, from with my job and being a gallerist is being the connector. You know, it, there's something quite magical that happens when I get to tell a buyer about the artist's work that they just purchased. You know, um, two weekends ago, a woman came into the gallery and she's like, I wasn't coming in expecting to buy art today. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, have a look around, you know, and and then we get to talking and she looks at this beautiful photograph, you know, and and then she's like, well, I I, I wasn't coming in. I told you I wasn't coming in to buy art today, but I'm going to buy that one. It's like, well, good for you. you know? <laughs> and, it's you know, to me, that's that's definitely one of the the best things because it feels totally magical um, and you just get to see the joy that it brought this person who gets to take that piece home. Um, and on top of it, I get to call the artist and say like, Oh, guess what's not going to be put in storage?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty magical moment.
0: Yeah. That's so get, cool. Just
1: getting, yeah, getting to witness the reaction of people. Viewing art, you know, it's up. It can be interpreted any single way, you know, and it's up to the viewer to decide if they like it or not and why, you know, fill fill in all the blanks, and um, to be able to witness that is is pretty amazing. Yeah. A couple shows ago, I had the um, I had an artist who was doing these really charged uh, drawings. And, you know, they were definitely drawings where I had to, like when families would walk in, I would have to say, just so you know, there are some pieces over there that the language is quite strong, you know, and so I would give the disclaimer, depending on the age of the kids, you know, and, um, <clears throat> but whenever people would go over to that side of the gallery, I would hear this, like, just crack up, you know, people would just bust out in laughter and it was, so amazing because it didn't take, you know, me to do any sort of translating or interpretation. You know, they totally got it. You know? <laughs> it was yeah, great. you get
0: to really experience somebody else experiencing something.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're witnessing it for sure.
0: That's great. You mentioned... Um like liking to connect people with kind of the story about the art and stuff like that, does that ever impact bringing pieces into your gallery? Like, are you ever kind of on the fence about something and then you learn more about the work, you learn more about the artist or whatever it is. And you're like, Oh man, I got to get this in my gallery.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially with materials, you know, and I, um, hear about you know th- there was this artist um he's up in northern california and you know i was intrigued by his work at it. i had only seen it on screen which you know is what you know 11 by 14 or something and the piece itself was 14 feet long and it was this beautifully carved piece of redwood and on screen i was kind of like oh sh- yeah cool, I guess. Like, I don't really know much about wood sculpture, but, you know, I did some research and everything. And then he was showing with, um, I curated these three artists together and they had shown, the three of the artists had shown at another gallery before and all of them were showing all new work. And it was their first time that they were showing with me. And the one artist who I knew, he told me a little bit more about this 14 foot piece of redwood. And I was like, oh my God, that piece has to come here. (laughs) We can't have this show without that 14 foot piece, you know, and on screen, it just, it didn't translate. And when it came in person, it was, it, it was definitely like, Oh, this, this piece made the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was because, you know, somebody gave me that information and then I could, you know, just kind of geek out on the materials and, you know, every, <laughs> everything has a story. And, and for me, there's, there was such a beautiful story with that, with that piece of wood, you know, it came from their property and, you know, how he had, um, finished it and hand sanded it and everything it was just it, it and it connected to um really old california tribes and so it was this deep connection to his native american ancestry and so it absolutely rich in the story for me and you know it was like yes That's awesome. <laughs> that must that must show
0: yeah definitely and let's uh let's wind this thing down and give people some advice so i think Probably like the best advice that we could give to people here, like the most uh, needed thing would be for uh, for people that feel like the like the way that my wife did or how I even sort of feel, which is like an art gallery is not meant for me. Like, I really appreciate art, but I'm just like a bumbling little child. Like, I'm not, you know, worthy of going in and enjoying an art gallery. Like, what advice do you give to people that have never really gone to an art gallery, but really appreciate art?
1: take take the leap, walk in, you know, it's trying a new restaurant. It really is. If you're like, Oh, there's this new restaurant in town. They just opened. I looked at the menu online. I'm kind of intrigued, but you know, I don't really know. Let's just go in and hit it for their happy hour. It, an art gallery is definitely the same thing. You're intrigued by it. So it, you just need to take the leap and make the effort and walk through the doors. Um, And, you know, have a conversation with the the gallery owner. It's absolutely our job to make you feel warm and welcome. And if we didn't do that, then please let us know, you know, or if you want more information on the artists, you know, that's that's the other piece of it, too. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, um, for for information or if things aren't priced, which there's this whole other thing that happens with galleries, some. A lot of galleries don't put prices up and a lot of galleries do. And there's, you know, this everybody has their school of thought of how they do that, you know, putting prices up or not. Um, And so I think that that's one piece. I try and make things as easy as possible for people when they do come into the space that they not everybody is comfortable talking to people and so how can i make it easy for you if you don't want to talk if you just want to have your experience you want to fly solo through the space how can i make that easiest for you
0: yeah definitely it's basically don't be so afraid it's going to be okay if you go inside an art gallery
1: it's totally going to be okay it's (laughs) it's actually it's going to be better than okay it's going to be hopefully amazing and if it's not amazing you should write that down in their comment book and let them know why it wasn't amazing. Yeah. And then you should go back to the next show. You know, cuz that's the thing. With if an art gallery is doing their job right, they're going to be showing different work constantly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And thank you so much. I will uh I'm going to put up links to uh both Radius and then the larger um project. what, what I'm sorry, what's the larger group of buildings?
1: the tannery arts center
0: yeah the tannery arts center so i'll put up links to both radius and the tannery arts center on the half hour interim page so that way people can check it out and hopefully if they're in the area they uh they can stop by as well
1: great i really appreciate it. it was so fun to chat with you today blake
0: yeah thank you and take care
1: okay bye
0: Hey everyone, it's Blake. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I wonder how I could help Blake out, first of all, you are probably the nicest person in the entire world. Secondly, all you have to do is just tell a friend about the show. I would really appreciate it. If you're sitting there and thinking, man my job is really interesting or man i do this totally badass hobby i should totally be on this show then you totally should be on the show just reach out to me on halfhourintern.com my website you can email me through there and uh if there is another job or hobby that you don't do but you just want to hear about it you can submit any sort of idea through the submit your ideas link on the page thanks again for listening take care